0: Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most, Phil Better. Today's guest is an amazing guest because not only is he helping one type of business, but he's helping the local communities. With his business, but not directly. It's indirectly. It's great. Um, let me tell you a little bit about him. He started at a large internet firm, rising the ranks easily in the top 10% of the accounts there, growing the business, then decided, nah, this is not for me. He was outperforming everybody. He decided to jump out, go over and try his zone. Now he helps marketing agency with programs and solutions to solve their clients so that local businesses can grow. Ladies and gentlemen, please from the Prepared Group, Mr. Ken Cook. Ken, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very well, man. That was a great intro. I love it. I love it.
0: Thank God. I thought it was horrible, but I'm always judgy on myself because I am trying to get out of the perfectionist mode. But yes, Ken, um, that was an okay intro, I would say. But could you introduce yourself to my audience so they can get to a yeah. little bit more about you? Absolutely. So I live in uh, Oregon wine country.
1: Uh, grew up on a cattle farm in rural Oregon um raising cows that kind of a thing i know right went from there to a philosophy classroom
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs)
1: yeah and uh ended up getting a job in marketing and did pretty well in that um and and here we are it's been kind of a fun journey i uh i own a few businesses now uh actually just sold one of them on the first so seven days ago uh, which and uh so yeah
0: excited to have a,
1: a chat today man very excited.
0: Okay, so th- this is great because you have a very interesting story. You go first from like you grew up on a cattle farm raising cattle, and if you guys aren't watching the YouTube video, that's fine. If you're listening, uh, Ken has a very nice Stenson on That's a Stenson, right? Oh, it certainly is a Stenson. Okay, yeah. I just no, I I watch Yellowstone, so I understand how important hats are, and I or the so I don't want to mistake and like upset you already because you you grew up on a cattle farm. You probably could bench press me easily. Uh, And uh, so, yes, he's wearing a very nice Stenson. Um, But, yeah, so you grew up on a cattle farm in probably rural Oregon, like you said, wine country Oregon. Like, I don't want to sound like, because I'm an East Coast person, but, like, jumping into the Internet, it doesn't seem like the obvious connection, like going from, you know, philosophy and that, and then over into the Internet marketing world. Yeah, How did that happen?
1: So here's what happened is – is I, I actually, I went to school at a Christian college called George Fox University. Uh, okay. And and I went there for philosophy to do apologetics and to work in ministry and to work as a pastor. And so I worked as a pastor while I was going to school and uh, got an opportunity to go work for a very large uh, uh, apologetics ministry that was completely online. Okay. okay? Uh, so in the first decade I was there, they reached over a hundred million people on the internet from literally every country from, from places I didn't know were countries. (laughs) Right. I I mean, literally like I'm looking on the Google analytics sheet and it's like, that's a country. I've got to Google this because I've never heard of this place. Right. Um, So literally reached, you know, there were, there were, it was a regular occurrence that, that every year we reached at least one person. And so, so what ended up happening there is, is I was the young guy and uh, donations were down. And so they said, look, someone needs to go get a job. And I said, look, I'm the youngest guy. I'll go get a job. And I'll do this on the side, nights and weekends, you know, whatever I can do. Um, and the first job that I got was at this internet marketing firm. And they had 650 employees, seven offices, and they cold called Google AdWords and Yahoo and Overture search ads and then ultimately Facebook. And so I cold called for years, slinging Google ads, right? Got promoted into their strategy department. And my I had a, the coolest boss, his name was Tony. And Tony said, an hour a day, your job is to study marketing. I want you to study the craft of marketing. So he literally awesome. paid us an hour a day to read, research, and study marketing. Okay. From there, I ended up running the high-dollar web dev department, doing high-end websites, SEO. Um, the and, money-making places. Big money. And, and in fact, uh, so it was It was really cool. Uh, the the company was doing just gobs of money printing its own money machine pretty much uh the number that i have in my head which may or may not be accurate is 300 million the owner finally made enough money put his brother-in-law in in charge his brother-in-law took it from 650 people to when i left there were 70 in 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 18 easy months man and so uh long story short i had an opportunity to go work for another marketing agency I'm sitting there in the final interview with the owner and the general manager, and on the, the owner's desk, I'll never forget this, is a picture of he and his wife and his son. And on his computer screensaver, for the kids listening, this is a thing that used to be on computer screens to keep them from burning out, <laughs> uh, was pictures of he and his mistress on a wine tour. Oh. And, and I walked out of there saying to myself, if this is what he's willing to do to his family, what's he willing to do to his employee?" right? That's That's horrible. So- there was a, a client that I had, I had made a ton of money for. His name was Jim. He ran a company called Long Island Wine Tours, and he kind of became a mentor to me. Like, he was a client, but he, he started the first wine tour company on Long Island and was very successful. And so I called him, and I said, you know, Jim, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was going to go do this thing, you know, office, salary, personal assistant, whole nine yards, everything you want, view of the lake, everything. Hmm. The dream. And, right. And now, and now I can't go work for this guy. What am I going to do? He goes, here's what you're going to do. You're going to start your own company. I'll give you a year's salary to help you get up and going. Where should I send the check? And I said, I don't know anything about starting a business, Jim. And he goes, you'll figure it out. You're a smart kid. What's your address? I'm sending you the check right now. And two days later, I got a check in the mail. And that's how our business started.
0: That is insane. First of all, that dude believed that guy. Wow. That is a mentor. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I made him a crap ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I might as well just like return a bit of the money that you've made me, but still. Yeah. But he took a risk because, like, even if let's say he sent the check, it paid off, and you are singing his praise, and obviously you're probably helping him make oodles and oodles and more money. Yeah. Um, so the investment paid off ten like probably a hundredfold from this one little act of charity. Like this act of charity not only changed your life, but changes your clients' lives and their clients' lives. Yeah, I, I they, look. Jim Ferrari. I owe so much to that
1: guy. Like, like that's the guy who got us started. And I think if you were to look at the you know, that was ten years ago in twenty twenty or twenty twelve, um, October fifth specific. Um, if I were to look back and say over that decade long journey, there is person after person who I could name who who made an indelible mark in how I think in how our business operated in where we're going and what we're doing. And and I think that's the thing to remember is that business is a team sport. Uh, You know, and and if you, if you can uh, find a great team, right, you can find great coaches and great partners. You can see astronomical success. But the problem is I think for so many people, and it certainly was for me for a long time, I thought it was a solo competition. I thought I just had to put it on my back and go. And the reality is you make more money by doing less. You make more money by having a great team and great people who are each operating in their own zone of genius in their own strengths.
0: So why did you set up the, uh, the prepared group? Like what was like, obviously you you mentioned you walked out of that meeting being like, I can't work for a guy who's willing yeah. to do this to his family, you know, like openly show uh the 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 darkness of who he is as a person so what made you decide to go into what you're doing now like what was it that or was this the first business you set up because you said you own multiple businesses So, so the first company was was a marketing agency called prepared marketing
1: and think general agency right use use the skills that i had to quote gerber i had i functionally had an entrepreneurial seizure right um and, and so I just, you know, like I was a tactician, I was great at SEO, I was great at AdWords, I was, you know, decent at website building, and, and I made money using those skills. And it probably took me, if I'm really honest, it probably took five, almost five years. Um, we kept growing a team and that sort of thing, but it probably took five years to really understand that business was not about how good was I at doing a particular thing, Right. Uh, and here's how I analogize it. I, I want you to imagine, Phil, that you and I walk into the CEO of Verizon's office. We're sitting down with him and we say, you know, I read, I read at the New York Times yesterday that uh, Verizon sold 3 million phones last year. How do you have time to sell so many phones, man? The question itself on its face is ridiculous because obviously that guy is not selling 3 million phones. How many of us in our business act as if we have to sell 3? That, that lesson was a hard lesson. You can't do everything. You can't be everything. You have to bring people around you who have different skill sets, different knowledge bases to accomplish different things, right? And that's what makes a company. That's what makes an organization is, is you've got different skill sets and perspectives. And so I think that uh, that led to, you know, as prepared marketing kept growing, we we ultimately had 12 employees at our height. Um, I've met my business partner, David Baer. Uh, and we when I met him, he was a he had been a wine importer and was a very well known marketer in Portland. Uh, he uh, he was on the Portland Business Alliance board of directors. I mean, this is a, a well connected, very well respected marketer. And his background was in the wine industry. I lived in 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 wine country, and I said, "Hey, man, why don't we start a wine marketing division of the business? You up for that?" And he's like, "Yeah." I mean, this guy is a published author on wine. This guy, I mean, literally today he does wine tours for fun. <laughs> like, like it's his it's his side hobby, you know. Um, and so we started doing that and we found that, that a lot of the wineries around here are poor farmers, you know, uh, where they, they sell enough wine to survive, but they're not a big factory farm. They're not making a ton of money. You know, it caught, let's say it costs $650,000 to produce your crop of wine and they make $700,000 or $750,000. So they're not, they're not raking in the cash, even though they're passing a lot of paper as it were. And so we were sitting down in the office one day and we were looking through assets that we had and he kind of stumbled across this, this process that ultimately has kind of become what defines us. Um, and we spent basically four and a half years developing and perfecting. And, and then now we ultimately started licensing that process to other marketing agencies, um, but it, it was, you know, using it for ourselves. And and again, we had someone who came in and impacted us in a big way and took us from the road of saying, look, we're gonna build a giant consultancy to we can reach more people by empowering others. It's
0: it's again taking the I can't I I can't do sell those three million phones myself you're taking it to the next level. Hey, I can't reach those 3 million people if I'm doing it myself, even if I spend so much in ad spend, but if I give empower other agencies, a hundred agencies, they can That's well Let's let's just think through some math briefly.
1: Let's say that each agency that I work with can sell six clients a year, right? And and reasonably at our current size without adding another staff member, I could serve a hundred agents and serve them well. That's 600 end clients on average, right? What size organization would you need to have 600 clients?
0: You would need to be at least a right? hundred employees minimum.
1: Right. And so, I, so, so really like, as I look at that, as I, as I think about that, I say, okay, we could, we can impact 600 businesses with a four person team, or maybe we need 50 people, right? Maybe we need 30 people. I don't, I don't know what the num- right number is to serve 600 clients, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. you have a good big team you have to have a, a lot of organizational process right and so so we just kind of made the decision um, we we ended up meeting and and working with the managing partner of e, the E-Myth organization and he kind of said look guys you can either figure out how to build this massive organization yourself or you can build a small organization that has massive impact and you know i'm i'm far more about it impact than then so Yeah. It's not an ego thing for me. Like, and, and, and to be really honest, it's not even a money thing. Like if you want to make money in the marketing space, go open a call center, sling, whatever is the hot crap of the day. Don't worry about how well it works. Don't worry about how well your clients do. You can have a massive churn rate. That's okay. As long as you have a big sales team, you can basically set up your own boiler room right? And sling whatever commodity you want to sling and make as much money as you want to make. It's true. Right? But you'll have virtually no impact, right? And, and so for us, it was it's always been this discussion internally of what's more important, income or impact? And, and we've always cited on the impact side. Money is a renewable resource. You can always get more money. I don't have any personal need to drive a Lamborghini. I'm 6'5". I wouldn't even fit in a Lamborghini. <laughs> no, like. Just and this, it would be weird coming out of the Lamborghini with a stenson on. Yeah, like I mean, give me a nice truck, whatever. But <laughs> you know, like I, I just I don't think that as people, I don't think we gain more by having more stuff. I don't think I don't think materialism leads to more happiness. I think having a healthy family and time time with the people you love and care about, and the ability to enjoy yourself on a daily basis. um that that's far better than massive materialism. And and that's not to say that materialism or, or things are bad. It's just to say if if you could I mean I mean if you could choose ten million dollars or your eyes, you're gonna choose your eyes every time because the simple act of sight is so important. Same thing. You know? Impact if, if you if you, you can choose stuff over impact and, and there are plenty of people who do.
0: That's just not where we sit. Impacting more, because eventually that impact will come back to you and help you grow. And if you need to, you know, you can create another stream of income if you need, because you have that ability. So it's yeah. not, it. it's like, as you said, like money is a renewable source. Once you know how to make it money, it becomes a simple process of just, okay, I just need to put some time and effort into this and I'll get them X, Y, Z. Yep. I was, I was watching this interview
1: with this guy. I don't, I don't know who, who he was. He's talking about this reality show. He pitched a discovery he's he's like a multi-millionaire, billionaire kind of a guy and he said look take everything away from me my contacts my phone everything you give me 90 days i'll be a millionaire again cuz i know how to make money and the rea- the reality show he was pitching was not, like something like 90 day millionaire right i don't I, I don't know if it was ever produced but i saw it and i was like yeah like like there are people whose skill set is this is how you produce income
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and if you can be comfortable producing income like like once you know how to do it you're absolutely right man you can you can find another income stream right and and it's easy i mean we have multiple businesses you know we've bought and sold businesses where we're constantly looking hey what's the next thing we should buy you know where should we put our money where should we invest in uh not because hey we need we need a ton of stuff but because you know for me i've got five kids <laughs> you have a I few like, mouths to feed <laughs> Mass, but but it's more that, you know, what what I said to my wife years ago was I would love when each of my kids turns 18 or 21 or they graduate college, whatever it happens to be, whatever they want to do, uh, they're given a business that they can work in and learn and ultimately take over, right? So, so like, I know I've got one son, I'm pretty sure he wants to be a veterinarian, okay? How cool would it be when he graduates from veterinarian school in, you know, 15 years, right? Because it's what? Long schooling. Yeah. How cool is it? Hey, son. Here's here's the veterinary practice that I own. Right. You've got a oh, job for you want it there, and when you're ready, I'm gonna hand the bit. I'll sign the business over to you. Like like for me as a father, that's my dream. Like that's that's I, an ultimate gift. Yeah. Be, well, I mean that. But that's what we want for our kids, right? Yeah. Like like that's what every every parent that I know. That's what they want for their kids. They want their kids to have security. They mm-hmm. want them to have the next step. And that's, that's what we're talking. And so I I feel like business is a vehicle for that. It's a vehicle to provide that next step for your family. It's not a, like, it's not a a means to say, how do I get a bigger house or a better car? Or how do I get things to impress people? I don't like, you know, like that's, I I guess that's just me. And so that's what I think the name of the game is, is the name of the game is how do you, how do you bring joy to the people that you care about, you know, while, while doing good ultimately. You know, like, like, think about this. Let, let's say, let's say that you and I go in and we impact 600 businesses next year. How many families are we impacting? If the average business has just four employees. That's, that's what 2,400 families we're impacting about. Yeah. Right. I'm, imagine that you could do that for a decade and now you, you've served 25,000 families. Imagine if we, we measured ourselves by the lives we improved in that fashion, instead of the wealth or the the stuff we've oh, i think it,
0: that's what it's- I, I know i fully agree because for the longest time the reason why i became the podcast mocha and why I, i'm so passionate about podcasting is because i know the freedom that can come from it and i want to help as many independent podcasters start making money because the internet has decentralized money making like you do not need to put in 40 hours a week to get a salary because Tim Ferriss has shown four hours a week, you can get it down to four hours a week. So I want to share how okay, it's very easy. Here's the marketing tips, this do this, do that, and money will start flowing, it will just take time. And if you have if you think the long run is we're going to be about 100 years old, our generation, people born in the, the 70s and 80s, will live to at least 100 years old, minimum because of science, how it's going forward. And then the kids join in the nineties and the early two thousands and the 2010s, they're going to be living even longer than that. So I got, we got time to make our money. That's how I think we have to start looking in like in decades and not in a year, like short years Because I want it. Like I said, I want my, my goal is a hundred million podcasts, which is easily done because, and that's going to change lives because if everybody just makes, cause there's the white label article, like I, I, I keep forget the article, the uh, author, but all you need is a thousand true fans paying you $10 a month. And you're, you're good for life. That's yep. 120,000 a year. If you can't live off 120,000 a year t- start talking to some financial advisors, um, Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's what it is. It's so simple to, it's simple. It's not easy. That's the problem. Totally. Totally. Ken, I, I want to know a tip. So, You went from deciding to go not work for someone and go all in on yourself and business and learn that it's not all about you. It's about having a team to help you support your weaknesses. What tip do you have for someone who's on that line, who's like in between jobs, thinking about maybe going all in on themselves?
1: Yeah. Organizations are about system. And I think very often when you start, you think, well, I'm good at this. Therefore, I'm going to go do and i really encourage you if you're if you're going to start a business or you've just started a business or you're you know working in a business you've got to you've got to ask yourself how do i work on developing the systems of this business rather than doing the actions necessary for it, okay because here here's the paradigm systems run the business and people run this if you can get that through your head and really understand what i'm saying right that it's not about how hard you work it's about how good of a system you develop and how you can improve that system and then bring people into work those systems, your business will only be limited by the vision you have. It's the only limit you'll ever face is how far do you want to take, right? We call them organizations for a reason. That is because what we're doing is we are organizing a collection of systems, people, and processes to get an outcome. And, and so that that's my tip is think systematically first. It's about the systems,
0: it's not about the work. Damn. Um, can um that was enlightening because I, I even I started thinking about, OK, yes, if I wanted to impact more people, I have to look at how I can build a better system for bringing people in, but also teaching those people how to do the, the stuff that I know. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It is about systems, making a better system and then bringing in people who are better at using the system than you so that they can improve it and get it to more people. So, so let me give you a practical example
1: of this. So we, we have an onboarding process and the most important thing in our business today is how do we onboard new license? How do I take all the knowledge that's in my head and put it right Mm -hmm. the faster and the more effective I am at doing that, the more money you make, the more money I make, the more people we impact. Okay. Our initial, our first run at this onboarding process was a three day, three full days of discussion, lecture on site, back and forth with David and I and your team going through everything. It was like a fire hose. And I loved it because I love lecturing, I love teaching. I love being in there answering questions, right? What we found though, was it didn't spur on the necessary actions because they were so focused on a broad number of things. So we sat down with some friends of ours who are literal top educational consultants. They, they train school districts on how do you educate your students, okay? Literally a uh, star who, w- who wrote the book, on how do you how do you do this? Like literally, she wrote the book. Okay. It's called Hacking Assessment, if you're curious. And and she said, look, it's gotta be shorter, it's gotta be more focused, and you've got to give people time to learn. So we changed our onboarding, changed it completely. We have seen we we've seen our licensees go from a six-month process to to get to their first sale to a two-month process, right? A two-thirds reduction in time on their part and ours. Because we built a better system. We had a first system. We saw its problems. We went to experts. We rebuilt the system. And guess what? I think we can get even lower. I think we can get it down to to uh, not two months, but maybe we can get it down to 45 days. And then from there, maybe we can get it to 30 days, right? And maybe I can take everything that took me three full days. And, and instead of it taking three full days, maybe it can take you a day and a half, right? And, what, and so what we did is we ended up saying, look, our onboarding right now... Instead of it being by a, this giant fire hose that covers everything, we're going to take a very lean approach and we're going to onboard you just in time. So when it's time for you to work on the next phase, we're going to onboard you to that phase. So you know what? The first phase is how do you do needs assessment and how do you sell? That's all we're going to cover. And then once you, you complete a certain step, once you, you get that first sale, once you've done your cer- a certain number of needs assessments, then we're going to start on how do you do the next phase, which is how do you start delivering the work? But it's not all of the work. It's just a little bit of the work. And once you've gotten that little bit done, it's how do you do the next piece and the next piece and taking this very uh, lean Toyota just-in-time concept and saying, how do we apply that to our onboarding? Because we think it's going to make things snappier. We think it's going to make it more effective. There's going to be less overwhelm, et cetera. And we're certainly going to learn from that and have to change. But that's the idea is the system gets better and better and better, right? We started off with just the brute force of them and us working. Now we've recorded it all. We've structured it. We've systematized it. I can onboard someone and it takes me a third of the time. And I and that means I can onboard a lot more people a lot faster with less effort because we've built a better system. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about systemization and the value of systems.
0: Gold. I love talking with entrepreneurs like you can because just changes it. You're like... You're years ahead of where I am, but it's like that's a great direction to go. Plus, you give inspiration to the uh, audience members listening here who are just thinking about jumping your world, giving them a different l- idea. Um, we are coming to the end, and I hate this. I'm going to jump in and get the spark question of the show. Uh, Ken, what's one goal you have for this upcoming? Uh, our, our biggest goal is we want to add 150
1: to 200 new licensees to our system. That's that's the thing. That's all of our
0: focus is on that one. Right. So that's how do
1: we take all of the necessary actions? Uh,
0: Ken, I'm going to jump off the screen. I want you to let my audience know uh, where they can follow you, where they can uh, connect with you and how the if they can uh, become one of those licensees for you, sir. So the floor is yours. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Phil. Uh, So the best way to
1: connect with us uh, for me personally, it's LinkedIn, LinkedIn LinkedIn.com forward slash in, forward slash Kendall Cook, K-E-N-D-E-L-L, Cook. Uh, If you you want to connect with us, the best way to do it, though, get on LinkedIn, connect there. But we have a book club for marketing agents. Uh, And so every week we bring in a different video summary of a book because we all know that we should read more. Uh, We watch the video summary. And then as a small group of marketing agency owners, uh, or high-end business coaches, et cetera, we chat about, well, how can we improve ourselves and our business in light of what we have just listened to, just read together or listened to a summary of. And so that would be a fantastic way for you to connect with us. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can join our community. It's agencybookclub.com. Uh, we would love to see you there. Uh, and, and the commitment that we make is uh, when you come to this event, um, or when you join the community, you get no sales pitch from us, and, and there's nothing for sale. This is this is purely a time for you to work on your business. And so, uh, I would really encourage you just to take that time every single week. Uh, I know my partner David and I do this: set aside time to work on the business, not just. And so, that would be uh, fantastic if you're interested in learning a little bit more about. Uh, what we do, how we license, that kind of thing.
0: Ken, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story and showing us where we can end up going um, and how we can impact more people uh, like you are today. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Phil. I really appreciate it. Uh, To my audience, as always, you know, in the show notes, you'll have all those links to connect with Ken, especially the book club, because I'm going to probably go join it because I need to read more books and why not learn from better marketers um, than myself. So, Ken, I thank you again for being on the show. And to my audience, remember always to invest in yourself.